If you enjoyed podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com. I'm Tara Bradner, and this is Hopeful Hints, an infertility podcast where you will receive quick, hopeful hints to guide you through infertility. Here, you will find education, inspiration, and most importantly, find peace as you walk through this journey to fulfill your family vision. Hello, and welcome to Hopeful Hints. I'm your host, Tara Bradner, and today's show is going to cover second opinions when going through infertility. I want to start by saying, never should you feel guilty about seeking a second opinion. This is so common in the medical world in general, but really important when you have the diagnosis of infertility. It's not uncommon at some point in your journey through infertility to step back, question if you're in need of a second opinion, and just get that other person's high-level overview of your medical care. I think sometimes we feel obligated or tied down to one facility or provider for various reasons, which we'll get to some of my thoughts on this later, but oftentimes this may include travel, cost, convenience, a close relationship with the provider or clinic staff. Oftentimes our intuition or that gut feeling might be telling us something isn't right, but we ignore it or suppress it. If you do seek a second opinion, you may end up going back to your first provider and that's okay. They simply can just be another person reviewing your case, what you've done up until this point, and you can then decide stay with them or go with the new one, or maybe you even seek a third opinion. But no, you're not tied to a certain place unless, of course, insurance or you're networked in, those types of things. Continuing at a clinic where you feel something just isn't right can lead to added expenses for you in the long run, especially if you're paying out of pocket for treatment. Not to mention it is mentally taxing on you. You deserve to find somebody as a provider that you feel a connection with, you're confident, and you feel heard, and most importantly, that your questions are being answered. I am here today to reassure you that second opinions are okay. In fact, as a healthcare provider, I too seek second opinions personally in my healthcare, but also I seek out information, advice from colleagues, and I'm not afraid to ever refer or seek second opinions for my patients. Never should your medical provider feel like they do not need to collaborate or ask questions. This is dangerous. Before we get started with my top three reasons to seek a second opinion, I want to share an exciting opportunity free for you coming up. I am hosting a free five-day workshop June 7th through the 11th and a free webinar on the 12th. The five-day workshop is going to teach you every step you need to navigate your fertility health care. I'm going to teach you what exactly goes on with your reproductive system and so much more. In addition, on June 12th, my webinar is going to go through 
your fertility treatment options. I'm going to break down everything that goes into your reproductive system, no matter what your diagnosis is, in addition to breaking down the top three fertility treatments so you can move forward with peace and feel empowered with your health care. There is a registration link for both of these events in today's show notes. I look forward to seeing you there. Let's get started with this week's three hopeful hints on second opinions. Number one, a reason why you may move forward with a second opinion is you feel there is a lack of communication and rapport. This may come in the form of with your actual doctor or even the staff. When you are in a medical provider's office, you have the right to ask all the questions that you have. There's no such thing as a silly question or a stupid question. They are there for you. You are not taking their time away from anybody else. At that appointment, you are their priority. So please ask all those questions. If you find yourself in a position in a provider's office where you're feeling rushed or not heard, just know that there's days where this can happen in clinics. However, if this is happening over and over, that is a concern. It's so important that as a patient, you feel that you're being heard and validated, that you walk out of every appointment with your questions fully answered. And if you forgot some, there's a way for you to ask those questions. Other reasons that go along with communication are you're not feeling heard or you have more questions going out of your appointment than when you came in. Sometimes there can be a lack of communication within the system as a whole, such as delayed responses from office personnel or phone calls not being returned. Perhaps your lab or ultrasound results are not being reported to you. This is also not okay. I teach my patients to be advocates for themselves, and now I'm teaching you. This is oftentimes where a fertility coach can be a great addition to your team. When you work with a coach such as myself, you have access to a chat feature allowing you to ask questions at any time, day or night, knowing that you're going to receive a prompt response. I can also help you determine the urgency in the question that you're needing answered. An example might be, is this a medical situation needing attention right away from your doctor or am I able to help answer a question without you waiting or seeking your fertility clinic? If it's something that only your fertility clinic can answer, I will walk you through that And if you need help even creating your question, I'm also here to help with that. Hopeful hint number two, another reason might be no success with recommended treatments. An example of this might be you're on the same treatment protocols for three, four, five, or more treatments, and you've never had your medication or treatment changed. That is not okay. If you've had more than four failed cycles and they're not implementing changes or even less than that, this is concerning to me. Unfortunately, I've had so many patients come to me feeling hopeless and confused about their failed treatments. I ask them more about their clinic or their protocol, to which the response is them being on round five or six with no changes to protocols or plans. Many of you do not have insurance coverage, or if you're fortunate enough to have it, there's a lifetime cap. The concerning thing to me is that this is pulling from that, and your success rate is sitting in the single digits every round. Not to mention the emotional toll that this is taking on you and your partner. Oftentimes, early treatments are not taking place in a reproductive clinic. Consider at this point moving on to an actual reproductive clinic. These professionals are up to date on the latest advances in reproductive technology. Moreover, the doctors and staff understand all that goes into your fertility care. 
Let's carry this over to the actual reproductive clinic setting. One thing you need to consider, and I've done a podcast on this, is checking the success rates of clinics. This can be found in episode three. Not all fertility clinics are created alike. Even if you're at a fertility clinic, you're not guaranteed instant success. In fact, with IVF, more than a few cycles are usually necessary to become pregnant. If after you have followed the course of treatment prescribed by your specialist and you've had no success or something doesn't feel right, it may be time to look into a second opinion from a new clinic. The basic approach to treatment, such as IVF, is very similar. Certain protocols may vary from clinic to clinic. In addition, the other big difference is having an in-clinic lab and embryonologist. And there also may be differences with your overall protocol, timing, medication, dosage, and a number of things that can make a difference for you. Once again, it's okay to seek a second opinion. Hopeful hit number three. Your gut tells you so. After all, this is your body and it's your right to seek a second opinion. If you haven't got the picture from listening to today's podcast, I cannot express enough. If something doesn't feel right, it's okay. It's time to speak up. You know that feeling in the pit of your stomach that hits when you hear or do something and you're like, hmm, it doesn't feel right. Follow it. There literally may be no reason at all to you seeking a second opinion other than you want one. Do not get so focused on your relationship with your provider because after all, it is a professional one. So even though you may feel this strong sense of gratitude and you're so thankful for everything they've done, it's okay to still step out of that zone, seek a second opinion, and if you want, you can come back to them. It's important that you know you're not insulting them. Like I said earlier, this happens all the time in the medical field. Second opinions, seen one provider one time, another provider the second time. Don't let this stop you from owning your healthcare and taking a step forward to advance your skills and advocating for your healthcare and fulfilling the goal of building your family. This should be on the front of your decision-making list at all times. What is the best move so that we can move forward with a successful cycle? Don't worry about how they will feel or react. If they're discouraged that you're seeking a second opinion, that's a red flag. This is not betrayal. It's your right. And any acts of unprofessionalism because of a second opinion is also a red flag. In addition, here's what you can expect at a second opinion appointment. More testing if certain things were not performed at previous clinic, new treatment protocol discussions, in addition to you asking why they recommend that next step or a different protocol, and treatment add-ons to consider. Again, asking why they recommend for your diagnosis to have that new treatment. A second opinion is invaluable in evaluating your fertility treatment progress as you move forward with your future fertility. A second opinion is an invaluable step in your health care. Your provider should be passionate about what they do, regardless of how many years they've been seeing patients. Consider their approach a combination of bedside manner with their medical experience and expertise, along with the relationship that you are forming with them as a provider. Your medical provider should be a lifelong learner, never believing they know everything and doing everything they can in order to help you move forward with your overall dream of fulfilling your family. Also included in today's show notes, I've included my top 10 questions you should ask your reproductive doctor. Click the link, print it off, and add your additional questions that you may have. Join us next week for hopeful hints to bring you peace as you walk through your infertility journey. Thank you for listening.
If you enjoy podcasts like this, you should check out our other shows on Health Podcast Network. For example, Nurse Wellness Podcast, hosted by Wendy Garvin Mayo, focuses on the power of stress management and how it's foundational to being your best, doing your best, and giving your best. There's a wonderful episode that you should check out called Letting Go, where Wendy Garvin Mayo shares six strategies to release control and manage stress effectively. Check out Nurse Wellness Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or visit healthpodcastnetwork.com.